Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. It's no secret, I am a Second Amendment enthusiast. I enjoy uh, firearms. I am a, a hobbyist. I have, I've put some together. Uh, I haven't quite gotten into uh, reloading ammo yet. That is the next step in my progression. Uh, sometime soon, I want to put together a, a little workshop where I can reload my own ammo. Uh, for the time being, though, I must be contented uh, w- with my my hobby thus far and my affection for uh, firearms as a as a hobby and uh, also as a means for uh, protecting myself and my family. And so it is that uh, I was very encouraged uh, and have been rooting on uh, and cheering for a piece of legislation that has recently made its way through uh, Utah's legislature and all the way to the desk of Governor Spencer Cox, which he has signed. The piece of legislation I am discussing, of course, is the one that makes Utah now a permitless carry state, meaning that if you are otherwise uh, legally able to own a firearm, that you may, you know, where it's legal, uh, carry that in a concealed fashion without uh, securing a, a permit. And as I have followed the progress of this and I have had conversations with others, uh, I am reminded that, you know, there are uh, some very important laws that uh, that we need to keep in mind, that it is very important that if you are, uh, you know, if you're a, a fan of firearms, if you're a Second Amendment enthusiast, uh, w- one of the things you know very well is that staying within the law is very important. The, the consequences uh, for getting something wrong can be very dire, and they can follow you uh, for the rest of your life, and they can prohibit you from owning firearms in the future. So for that reason, I thought to myself, well, you know what, well, let's have a conversation here on the program. Let's walk through some of the uh, fundamental firearms laws, some of the things that it's very important uh, that you and I as firearm enthusiasts understand so that we might be able to you know, continue enjoying uh, our hobby and pastime. Uh, to have that conversation, I've invited to the program Mitch Velos, an attorney, and also quite literally the author of the book, Utah Gun Law. Uh, Mr. Velos, sir, welcome to the program. How are you? I am doing well. You? Uh, you? I, I'm, I'm all right. I'm better now that I'm speaking to you. Uh, your book, Utah Gun Law, is in its fifth edition with this new law on the Utah books. Uh, you working on the sixth edition already? Uh, yes. Uh, working. <laughs> it's, it's a work in progress, always. Yeah, I bet. Uh, it, tell me tell me about your understanding of this uh, this new law. What does it mean to what does it mean that Utah is now a permitless carry state? I did my best to summarize it, but I want to hear from someone with a legal mind like yours. <laughs> Sometimes legal minds make things confusing, you know. 
Yeah. Um, well, it means that you don't have to have a Utah concealed carry permit, uh, or nor do you have to if, if you're from out of state and you are a law-abiding citizen, you don't have a felony conviction or have been convicted of uh, domestic violence. Um, and there are a few other prohibitors mentioned in federal law. Uh, then you have the right to uh, carry a firearm concealed the same as you would have been able to carry it openly uh, before the law was passed. I tried to get the legislature to call it, instead of constitutional carry, not so scary carry, but uh, okay. yeah, they, they wisely turned <laughs> me down on that one. But you mentioned out-of-towners coming here to, to Utah. So you is it your understanding that if you are a non-resident of Utah, you come here to uh, to our great state after the uh, after the May fifth date comes around, that they can also carry uh, in a concealed fashion yeah. without a permit? Right, if they're over twenty-one. Right. Well, what does this mean for the permit here in the state of Utah? Will will residents and non-residents still be able to uh, apply for and receive a permit if they qualify? Yes. Uh, and there are a lot of reasons to do that, uh, even though you could carry concealed without a permit. Uh, probably one of the most popular reasons is if you're traveling out of state and you have many states, over 30, that recognize Utah's permit. And so that would allow you to carry in that state as well concealed. Right. That's the primary reason that you would keep the permit. But also... Um, you know, <laughs> I you can carry uh, uh, with a permit in a school zone, and school zones are defined as anything a thousand feet from the school property. It'd be hard to drive down uh, any roadway in Utah, <clears throat> main roadway, without encountering a school property and be within that thousand foot perimeter. Well, with a permit, there's no worries. You you can have a firearm loaded, a, a handgun loaded in your vehicle, and uh, and do that. Yeah. So that's another pretty important um, uh, advantage of having the concealed weapons permit, especially if you have school age kids. I uh, I was once pulled over. Uh, I had violated some uh, traffic law. And uh, I had a firearm in my vehicle. I had uh, my concealed carry permit. And I I realized in that moment that I didn't know exactly what to do. What I ended up doing uh, was handing the, the officer as he approached my vehicle, I handed him uh, my, my permit and let him know that in the glove box there's uh, there, there's a firearm. Uh, but what, what what advice do you give for exactly that scenario? You are driving. Uh, you are pulled over by law enforcement. You are concealing a firearm. How do you safely communicate that? And what's the experience? Well, there, uh, there, there was a rule that, that has since sunsetted. It's no longer required. But uh, you would uh, I do it as a matter of professional courtesy. I let the officer know that I do have a firearm. I have a concealed weapons permit. I tell him where the firearm is located and just ask for further instructions. I do also remember if he has a companion with him and we're talking about firearms, I don't make any furtive moves mm-hmm. while I'm discussing it. Yeah. Uh, so, so you're saying that, that it's not a requirement that we, that we do inform the officer? No, it's not. Not any longer. I see. 
uh, but good practice that you'd recommend. Yeah, I would recommend it. I mean, they can look at your, I, I believe it's your driver's license. They can tell if you have a permit as well. And some of them get a little bit irritated if you don't disclose that you have a firearm in the vehicle. Uh, I always do. I I respect the officers. And I, uh, if you've ever gone through a um, citizens Academy, (laughs) you, you'll learn firsthand just how quickly things can get really dangerous for these officers. And, and I think that going through that kind of a course makes you appreciate them even more. Yeah. We're speaking with Mitch Velos, attorney and the author of the book Utah Gun Law. Uh, and we have about a minute left, Mitch. And before I go, uh, share with us some of the places where, where uh, even with this permitless carry uh, and even with a concealed carry permit, that individuals are not allowed to carry firearms today. Well, you know, the, the, the main things, of course, are the airport secured areas, mm-hmm. uh, secured areas of um, jails courthouses, uh, federal buildings, um, uh, believe it or not, post offices. Uh, it's, a, it's a federal misdemeanor uh, if you carry a firearm on the post uh, with or without a permit. That, that, um, does that include the there parking are some lot? churches. I'm sorry? Does, it, does, uh, does that include the post office parking lot? If, if they own the property, that's the way I interpret it. And right. I, there was a case out of uh, Colorado that held that <clears throat> the, the property itself uh, also – uh, encompasses sure. the uh, restriction. I see. You mentioned some some churches. Some churches uh, do. They they have to declare it on the uh, what they call the BCI Bureau of Criminal Identification website. It's a little bit sticks in my craw a little bit that that's in. <laughs> You have to go through the Bureau of Criminal Identification because we're not criminals. Right. We're just law-abiding citizens that have a right, a very important – in fact, the uh, Supreme Court's called it a fundamental right. Mm. So, Well, listen, uh, Mitch, I'd love to chat guns with you all afternoon. Uh, let's look for an opportunity to pick this up again sometime. But again, uh, thanks to my guest, Mitch Velos, an attorney and author of the book Utah Gun Law. Thanks again, sir. You bet. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Uh, We're going to take a break now. When we return, we're going to stay on the topic of firearms. This time, another piece of legislation making its way through Utah's Capitol Hill would create a pilot program, a program which would install firearm safety into the curriculum of certain physical education classes in Utah schools. Gun safety in schools. Good idea, bad idea. We'll walk through the details and debate it next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Did you know that there are more than 2,000 high school rifle programs across the United States? Meaning that in schools, there are some shooting teams, uh, you know, either marksmanship or uh, maybe it's uh, clay pigeons, 22 rifles, air rifles. But in more than 2,000 high schools uh, across this country, there, there are shooting clubs. If you go back, in history, you probably have someone in your family who's told you a story uh, about the shooting club in their school. I think uh, back to some of the stories I've heard from New York City schools, where uh, back in the 50s and 60s and before, and in some cases after, that it was not uncommon to see uh, New York City school students 
members of these uh, shooting clubs or teams carrying their firearms to school on the subways in the morning. They'd then hand them over to the, the teacher or the gym coach or something like that and, uh, and then pick them up for target practice after school. That's in New York City. New York City. Imagine that today. Yeah, forget about it. I uh, You have to forgive me. I, I'm unaware of any of the high school teams that might exist here in the state of Utah. Uh, if, if memory serves me correct, I, I think I, I – well, I shouldn't say specifically, but I think in Utah County uh, there may even be uh, a gymnasium where underneath there is uh, uh, a firing range. Would you would you help me catch me up on this? Uh, get me get me informed. Uh, the the Orem Rec Center is what I'm getting here in my ear. Uh, but if you're if if there are shooting teams here in the high schools in Utah, would you send me a, a text message five seven five zero zero? The reason I bring that up that's of course the Utah Community Credit Union text line. The re- the reason I bring that up is because I just this morning became aware of a piece of legislation here in Utah that would uh, call for a safety program, a firearm safety program, to take place in schools. Right now the proposal is a pilot program of sorts, and the, uh, the Utah Board of Education, if this piece of legislation were to go through, would select uh, some schools where uh, for half a semester that students could elect to take as part of their physical education a firearms safety course. Now, uh, the the assurances are that the firearms used would be uh, replicas, the type you probably use at your uh, concealed carry permit class. Uh, if you if you've taken that class, you know the the orange type of firearm or the 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 firearm with the orange tip. Uh, those would be the types of uh, firearm replicas used for these classes. Uh, and my question to you is, first off, is is it a good idea and would it be effective? I think that it is certainly uh, a good idea. Wherever you can teach safety, uh, the better. I can remember when I was very, very young, maybe you remember watching this same VHS put out by the National Rifle Association, the one starring Eddie Eagle, where he uh, reminds youngsters to stop, don't touch, leave the area, tell an adult, right? That was my first introduction to firearm safety. Stop, don't touch, leave the area, tell an adult. I was very lucky that my my father, I mentioned him earlier in the program, Bob, uh, he, he has been a Second Amendment enthusiast for as long as I can remember, maybe even before I was born. And so as I was growing up, I got these Safety lessons, you know, keep your finger off the trigger, point the firearm only in a safe direction, uh, you know, only put your finger on the trigger when you are are ready to, uh, you know, destroy the target in front of you. Uh, Treat every firearm as if it is loaded. I I learned that from my dad. And those would be the types of lessons taught in Utah schools should this piece of legislation. HB 258. Uh, sponsored by Representative uh, Rex Ship of Cedar City, a Republican. Uh, Representative Ship, as a matter of fact, just yesterday before uh, a House committee uh, presented some of his rationale for why uh, he was introducing this piece of legislation. Here, here he is very basically explaining what the bill would do. HB 258, Firearm Safety in Schools. Uh, this bill... It's a pilot program. It's a three-year pilot program uh, for 
safe handling of firearms in grades 9 through 12. And it requires a local LEA to contract with the provider to supply materials and curriculum for the pilot uh, program and develop curriculum for the pilot program. As the hearing continued, Representative Ship was faced with a question of why would you want kids learning about guns in school? Here's his response. The focus of this is uh, some people have asked, well, why would you want to run a, a firearm safety program in the schools? And I believe the reason for that is I think it's important that uh, uh, our, our school kids have an opportunity to learn about firearm safety. As you have heard uh, both me explain this piece of legislation and what it would do as well as the bill's sponsor, Representative uh, Rex Ship of Cedar City, what, what do you think? Are, are you convinced thus far? I'll share with you more of what he had to say in the hearing in just a moment. But let me put this question to you. Five seven five zero zero. Text in your response. Good idea, bad idea. I'll uh, share with you a few more words from Representative Ship, uh, and then I'll tell you what I think. If you haven't grown up in a family that does hunting or shooting, uh, you don't learn proper safety of firearms, and many times. Uh, these uh, kids run in to firearms, whether they're at a friend's home or, or wherever they are. And I think it's important for them to understand what the, uh, you know, the Second Amendment stands for. I'm on board with that. I'm on board with uh, safety. I'm on board with teaching it wherever it may be taught. And, you know, just like you heard Representative Ship there explain, there are a number of youngsters who, uh, you know, may not come from a home where hunting is something that's common or the handling of firearms is something that is taught by mom or dad or an uncle or someone. And those youngsters may someday in life find themselves in a circumstance where they need that training. Maybe it's after they have grown and gone. But the safety lessons that they may have learned in the high school setting uh, may keep them uh, safe further on down the road. Uh, some great text messages coming in. Here's an interesting one. Uh, you heard my reference there a moment ago to Eddie Eagle. Stop, don't touch, leave the area. Tell an adult. That was uh, an animated video distributed by the National Rifle Association when I was young, uh, teaching youngsters gun safety. And this texter points out, wasn't it nice when the NRA was focused on teaching firearm safety instead of selling guns? And, well, he, you might have a pretty good point right there. Uh, last comment here from the representative ship. He explains uh, the benefits of the bill. Then we'll take a break, and when we come back, we'll be joined by Representative Blake Moore, representing Utah's 1st Congressional District. But before we go, here is uh, Rex Ship again, representative, explaining the benefits of this firearm safety bill. You know, we believe in, uh, in being, uh, having firearms in our country and that uh, they need to learn the laws, Utah laws, uh, uh, and also this also covers uh, marksmanship, uh, state laws governing firearms. So it, it uh, teaches uh, the kids a lot about this also has suicide prevention involved in there because, uh, you know, if uh, somebody comes upon a, a, a firearm not understanding how to safely handle it, that can create a problem with uh, uh, potentially having accidents and so forth. Exactly right. Exactly right. 
And when I hear stories in the news about uh, accidental discharging of firearms, uh, I always wonder where the safety was dropped, where uh, whoever was involved dropped the ball when it comes to safety, because there are objective safety standards that can keep you safe. There are safety standards that can keep you safe. And when I say safe, I mean save your life. Save your life uh, and the lives of those who live in your home or may be out at the range with you or wherever firearms are present. It is a very enjoyable pastime. The Second Amendment is very precious and valuable. With that value comes a great responsibility. And safety is the first step in being responsible. Quick break. When we return, very much looking forward to this next conversation. Uh, Utah's first district congressman, Representative Blake Moore, has been out and about uh, while the Senate was busy uh, debating the impeachment. Uh, What was the House up to? We'll find out next from Representative Blake Moore here on KSL News Radio. Welcome back. We're standing by to connect with Utah Congressman Blake Moore. Uh, The plan is, and it will be once we connect with the congressman, to chat about uh, what Washington, what work was like uh, on the House side when the Senate was all tied up uh, working on impeachment. It was my intention to uh, speak with as many members of Utah's House delegation uh, to see and remind you that, uh, in fact, there is and was uh, still work going on. We're a bit removed now from the impeachment, but uh, last year we got a good look at what was going on on the House side, and uh, we'll try to uh, look backwards at that here today. But while we wait for the congressman to connect, it gives me an opportunity uh, to go back and and look at some of the text messages that have come in in response to this piece of legislation we just described, the one introduced by Utah Representative Rex Ship, the one that would create a, a pilot program, a pilot program uh, teaching safety, firearm safety in Utah schools. The, the way it would work very basically, and we'll get to the text messages in a moment. And if you still have thoughts you haven't yet shared, please, 57500, that's the Utah Community Credit Union text line. Very basically, uh, ought we be teaching in Utah schools firearm safety? They'll have uh, some replica firearms on hand to teach uh, students grades 9 through 12 uh, in a certain handful of Utah schools. Those districts will be chosen by the Utah Board of Education, who will then enter into contracts with uh, certified and qualified teachers to supply both the materials uh, and the curriculum for these safety programs. Uh, we heard we heard from uh, Representative Ship as he presented the bill in committee yesterday, and that's the update I'd like to give you. I may not have mentioned it in the segment prior that when put to a vote before the House Judiciary Committee that it passed. And its next stop is the House floor. Next stop is the House floor. Uh, So if you feel strongly about this, contact your member uh, of the Utah House, whoever represents you, uh, let he or she know that this is something you support. If that's the case, you know, if you're, if you're, uh, you're uncomfortable with it or you don't like it, you think maybe it ought to be something taught at home, that's, that's fine too. You can, uh, you can let your voice be heard in that fashion as well. Uh, but now let me let me share some of these uh, some of these text messages that come in. It says uh, the first one: I fully support this proposed safety class, but have two concerns. 
One, it needs to be taught by someone qualified to teach such a course and not some left-wing extremist who's going to try to convince the kids that guns are bad. All right. Uh, well, the, the legislation does call for a, a contracted training provider. Uh, two, the texter continues, I think it needs to happen at a younger age. By the time uh, children are in ninth grade, they should already know about firearm safety and should have learned it when they were back in sixth grade. All right, so sixth grade is the call here. It, it is. It, it does seem, to me at least, as I look back on my own life growing up, I was I was I was well before ninth grade. I think it was well before ninth grade that. Uh, my dad took me to uh, the gravel pit, is what we called it. Um, <laughs> Mr. Cipriano owned it, and uh, he was a firearm enthusiast, and he would he would let uh, people, if they asked nicely and obeyed some safety rules, if we could go fire in his uh, gravel pit. It was a safe backstop and all. Anyway, I think I was well uh, younger than, I think I was much younger than ninth grade uh, when that started, and it was certainly before ninth grade that I first heard that uh, Eddie Eagle National Rifle Association safety video, stop, don't touch, leave the area, tell an adult. But this is, uh, this is a, a pilot program. And so maybe, you know, I haven't spoken to the representative yet. I, I do intend to. I'll reach out to uh, Representative Ship here soon, uh, maybe uh, after a House floor vote or something like that. We'll, we'll, we'll chat with him here and learn more about the program he proposes. But uh, my, my hopes would be that, first off, this would pass, that this pilot program uh, come about, and that after uh, some time, that the results, that the results would show that, oh my gosh, this is uh, effective. This is something that can fit into the curriculum in schools. I I should point out, too, the, the pilot program is an elective class, right? There's not a requirement that these students take it. In fact, they could uh, you know, with their parents' blessing, take it as an elective physical education class, half a semester's worth. Uh, but should this be successful, and should it actually, uh, you know, yield a safety result that maybe uh, Utah educators or the legislators, whoever bears the the responsibility and the authority to create such a class, that it would in fact be taught to uh, even younger students. And maybe it's not a uh, maybe it's not a replica firearm, but maybe it's something like I experienced when I was in what kindergarten, first, second grade, maybe a little animated video of an animated eagle singing some safety tips. Stop, don't touch, leave the area. Tell an adult. That's not so bad, right? What do you think? Five seven five zero zero. That's the Utah Community Credit Union text line. Uh, are, are you comfortable with this? I can't help but think about uh, another program dealing with drugs, the D.A.R.E. program, if you remember that, uh, which was designed to, you know, teach kids about the dangers of drug use. And I think ultimately we ended up learning that there were uh, some shortcomings in that program. I I, I hope that the shortcomings observed there uh, and the lessons learned by those shortcomings were taken into consideration when uh, putting together this proposal. Thus far, though, uh, the the committee has given it a sign-off. The House Judiciary Committee voting uh, just yesterday saying that, yeah, it's good enough for us. Let's send it to the House floor. I'm very anxious to follow the progress of this, and uh, we'll keep you posted here on KSL News Radio. My apologies. We didn't connect 
with Representative Moore. Uh, Maybe a a phone issue or uh, something important came up in Congress. Next time we have an opportunity, we'll certainly connect with them. Quick break right now. When we return, very much looking forward to this next conversation. We started the program off today discussing the passing of talk show host Rush Limbaugh. At 70 years old, he has passed away. I shared with you what he meant to me and to my family and to my interactions with this talk show host business. Well, what does Doug Wright think? Next up after the break, we'll be joined by Doug Wright to get his thoughts on the passing of Rush Limbaugh. That's ahead on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.